Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Hello, everybody. Pastor Jesse from Rock Creek Family Church with our midweek Bible study. I hope that you are staying safe and staying warm. I know it's kind of crazy out there. Uh, Here it comes again, for sure, which means this is it. This is our Wednesday Bible study. We are obviously not having the live one at the church today. Um, I think everyone is okay with that, that you're going to stay home. Hopefully, kick your feet up and put them by a nice warm fire, eat a nice spicy bowl of chili or whatever you got to do to stay warm, right? Uh, Good to have you. Good to be with you. I hope that everybody is doing well. We are going to jump in and continue with the Bible study we have been going and doing um, for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to continue talking about uh, what Jesus was teaching his disciples about how the Holy Spirit influences their life. All right. So if you have your Bible, your pen, your notepad, your highlighter, or maybe you're just going to kick up and listen, that's fine. Let's get ready to teach this word of God, to listen to what God has to say. And uh, let's hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us through his word today. So before I get into the word of God, before I do a small recap and then get into uh, what today's lesson is going to be about, let's pray, right? Let's just join together and let's pray that God's will would be done in our hearts, in our ears, in our minds, that, that we would hear what he wants to say instead of what I have to say, what he has to say is way more important. And hopefully we'll all be in alignment with that between the word of God, Holy Spirit moving and our hunger to see him move in our life on a daily basis. Right. All right. Let's join together. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. You are so good. And I praise you, Lord, for being with us. I praise you, God, that 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 you're always watching over us, that you care so much about us, that you love us to the way that you do. In fact, your word says you loved us first before we ever recognized that. Well, today we recognize it. Today we recognize it and we praise you for it. We worship you in that love. We we praise you for all the things that you've done, all the things that you're doing, and all the things that you're going to do. We praise you for being you, for being God, for loving us, for taking care of us, for providing for us and watching over us and Lord, for giving us everything that we need to make it through the challenging times that we feel like is is up ahead or maybe even that we're in already. Uh, maybe we're already in a challenging season of our life. I pray, God, that you would move with power, move with Holy Spirit power, move with resurrection power in every single life today. Everyone who's hungry and thirsty, I pray, God, that you fill them. Everyone who is seeking, I pray that you help them find you. Everyone who's knocking, I ask God that you open the door to them. Everyone, oh God, who is longing for you to move in their life, I pray, Lord God, that you would meet them right there in that longing. Uh, Father, touch those that need a touch, uh, those that are sick, those that are are maybe discouraged. Uh, I just pray, God, that you would move with strength and power in their life today, in their mind, in their heart, in their body. Thank you again for who you are. Thank you again for what you do. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, and we just ask you to use this Bible study for your glory. Amen. Amen. Good to have you. So glad that you have joined in. Maybe you've chosen to to join in earlier, later, later in the week, whatever. Hey, I'm just glad that you are a part of us. Glad, as I've said before, that you are a part of the family of God, which is what we call, why we call Rock Creek Family Church, that we all recognize that we are all brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And we are so thankful to be united with you as we are all united with Christ. So thankful for that. So, all right. If you have your Bibles, join with me in John chapter 14, and we're going to read verses 15 through 18. We're going to stop right there, and then we'll do a little bit of a recap, and then we're going to run into uh, the next thing that Jesus taught about how the Holy Spirit influences 
gives strength, gives power, baptizes even in a way uh, the, whole, the, uh, the disciples, those that are uh, following hard after Christ and trying to do his will here on the earth. So, all right, John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. All but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, for I will come to you. All right, that's where we're going to stop right there. Just a, just a bit of a recap, right? For the last few weeks, we have been talking about being that remnant of people, that group of people, that, that no matter what's going on in the earth, God has always had a group of people that hungered to do things more uh, God's way than any other way, more to do it, um, to do it by, the, by the will and the word and the power of God to do life, to do life God's way more so than any other way. No matter what the world seems to try to shift us into or try to move us into or even influence us into, God says, no, I have a group of people and have always had a group of people from Old Testament, from Genesis all the way through to Revelation that have held on to his truths, his words, his ways, his statutes, his commands, and have always held true to that and has tried to, to live their life by that. Now, he also knows that we got to have help for that. Uh, he knows how, how sometimes that our strength is weak. Our, our spirit may be really willing, but our flesh may be weak at times. And he also knows the pressure and the things that life can can put us into. And so because of that, because he understands all of that, because he knows all of that to the nth degree, can we praise God for it? He has made a way for us. He's helped us. And through what Jesus did and the way he made for us, he could say, I'm the way, because he's the one that made the way for us to be able to live the way God wants us to live. Um, in the Old Testament, we talked about the time when Daniel and, and others were exiled from their homeland into a foreign land with a foreign king, a foreign government, a foreign religious system. And None of it was really friendly to the commands, the laws of God, the, 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 the statutes of God, the ways of God. But what God did is he used them. He used them to, to show the whole world in a, on a bigger platform, in a bigger stage, that God is God, no matter what's going on in the world. You know, we as Christians, we cannot, we cannot look to the world to give us these answers. We've got to look to God. The world will try to influence us, but God has given us a promise that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So we have to trust in that. We have to believe in that. Jesus, knowing that his uh, his day was on the earth, were numbered and that physically his ministry was about to draw to an end. And so he uses this opportunity to teach his disciples something extremely, extremely important. And that is the, the, that the Holy Spirit was going to come and was going to help him. Yes, the same Holy Spirit that walked with Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that that fell upon him at the time of baptism and God's word spoke out and said, this is my beloved son. It's the same Holy Spirit that led him into the wilderness and led him through the wilderness and led him to do everything that he needed to do while he was here on this earth. So that's why Jesus said, hey, you know, it's been all around you, disciples, all around you, friends. It's been all around, but soon it's going to be in you. The same influence that influenced Jesus and, and, and moved him in the will of God is going to be the same one that's going to work in their life. And it's the same one that works in your life and in my life. And God has set it up to be such a powerful, powerful influence. Those in the Old Testament, we call them prophets, um, that were influenced by the word of God, the will of God, the spirit of God. We call them priests. We call them, in some cases, kings like King David. But they were a very special group of people that chose to be influenced by the spirit. Hey, the, the New Testament tells us we're, we're, we are that same special group of people. We are a royal priesthood, a holy 
chosen nation and generation that that will choose to to seek God and to do it His way, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be influenced and to be moved by the power of that Holy Spirit. So, hey, welcome to the way, right? Welcome, welcome to the the body of Christ. Welcome to being used by God. Welcome to being influenced by the Spirit more so than by the things of the world. And and I encourage you that if you feel like you, you, you've been divided over that, where part of you is influenced by the world, part of you influenced by the Holy Spirit, just keep just just keep leaning toward the way of the Spirit. Keep leaning toward the Word of God. Keep leaning toward worship and praise and knowing God and prayer. Keep leaning on Him for the Bible tells us if we lean not to our own understanding, but toward Him, He will direct our paths. Um, so just keep doing that, and I'll promise you it will come to pass, that, that, that things will be better in the spiritual realm for you, right? All right, so we read this passage of Scripture here in the book of John, chapter 14, where Jesus, again, is teaching His disciples Something very important. We just kind of went over that. Last week, we talked about the very first influence, very first way that the Holy Spirit influences uh, anybody, his disciples in this case, and us who we are still his disciples. Many generations later, mind you, but we are still his disciples. And so it influences us in the same way. And the very first way it does is it influences us by guiding us with that spirit of truth. Verse 17 says, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Oh, but you know him, right? And he dwells with you, but he'll be in you. He calls him the spirit of truth. One of the very first uh, characteristics that Jesus wants his disciples to understand is that he is the spirit of truth. That means a couple of things. We're not going to recap completely. But just one thing it really means is that he helps you hear what the what God is speaking. What God is speaking through his spirit. What God is speaking through his word. What God is speaking through his will and his way. He helps you hear what, what, what God is speaking because there's a greater reality that is even more powerful than the reality in which we see and we feel and we hear down here in this earth, that what God says actually trumps what everybody else says. You know the old, you know the old saying when someone comes up to you and says, "Well, they said such and such and such and such and such and such," and it's usually bad news. Uh, most of the time, it is right. Well, if you ever stop to think, who is they? Right? Have you ever asked that person who wants to gossip in your ear and say, "Well, they said." this is going to be bad or this is not going to be good. And have you ever stopped and said, who's they? And are they the world or are they lined up with the will of God? Because if they're not lined up with the will of God, then they can say all they want to. They're probably saying it by just simply what they see and what they hear in their natural flesh, in their natural way of seeing things and perceiving things. What we have to do is lean harder on what the word of God says and what his will is. And that is going to trump always what the world says, what the media says, what the social media says, what your friends say or what they say, whoever they are, right? Because the word of God always trumps anything else. Hearing that word then gives us faith by giving us a different perspective, an eternal perspective. It gives us a, a greater truth. For instance, truth may be you're, you're not feeling well, but a greater truth is he can heal you. He, he took stripes for you. He can, he can move in your life and help you to feel better in whatever way, shape, or form. Maybe you're discouraged, and that's reality. That's truth. You're discouraged for whatever reason, but there's a greater truth that says that he will encourage you. He's a lifter of the heads. He will draw your eyes up to him. He will cause you to look up. He will pick you up and dust you off. Though, though you fall seven times, he'll always pick you up and raise you up and help you up whenever you need it the most. That is the greater, that's the greater truth. And when we learn to hear his words, whether it's through his word of God or through that time of prayer and listening to him, and obviously those have to line up. 
And, and when they do line up and you know the will of God, you can hear the, the will of God being spoken. You can hear what his word is saying. You can, you can, you can decipher, you, you can discern really what he once said, what he was doing, where he is moving, how he's doing things. Then th that really puts faith in our heart, puts faith in our mind, puts faith down deep in our spirit. Um, it, it puts faith there. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans, hearing comes by, by the word of God. Apostle Paul is actually talking about preachers, right? Or, or people evangelizing, not just a preacher on a Sunday morning, but just people evangelizing in the world, speaking the truth of God, speaking God's way. And he says that actually brings faith into the world because hearing the hearing. Uh, causes faith. Hearing the words of God causes faith in God. It, it changes our perspective. It helps us out of that. Um, Jesus said it this way in a parable one time. You, you can go to Matthew 13, Luke 8, or Mark 4, and you can kind of read about this parable. It's called the parable of the sower. And Bible go, he, he goes on to say in, in the Bible there that, that a man went out to sow seed. And then when he explains that parable, he actually calls that seed the Word of God. So the Word of God is like a seed, okay? And when, when God speaks out that Word to our heart, like for instance, have you ever been reading the Bible and all of a sudden something just jumps out at you and it just encourages you and it lifts you up? And don't be discouraged if that's never happened. Keep reading. It will. I promise you. Keep reading, keep praying, keep praying the word of God. I promise you it will happen. There will be a quickening, a moving, a revealing. Something will move and encourage you. And it's gonna like open your eyes and see, oh my goodness, so this is what God does for me and can do for me and is wanting to do for me in this moment. And then it encourages you. Then that's that seed of faith being planted inside of you. And you feel that hand of God put a seed of faith down inside of you. And then you have a choice. And that is the choice to believe that. And you show how you believe that by your actions that follow that moment, that encounter, that experience, that, that revelation, that, that truth, that word that moves you, encourages you, helps you. And then as you act that out in your belief, in your faith, then faith with works comes to life. And it brings about the promises and the principles of God. And it's the Spirit of God that helps us with that. And that's why Jesus said the Spirit of truth. Because if you go back to that parable of the sower, again in, in Matthew 13 or Luke 8 or Mark 4, if you go back to that, he, when he's explaining the, the types of ground that the seed falls on, you know, you know, some is stony, some is full of weeds, uh, some just falls by the wayside. But he said, but there are, there's some that is called good ground. Now we'll talk a little more about how the Holy Spirit helps us to be good ground. But Jesus explains those that are good ground receives the seed and understands it. Now, in the original language, when he tells his disciples to hear the word and understand it, to receive the seed and understand it, uh, what he really means is that to put it all together, to fully comprehend, or in another way, be wise about it. Be wise. Have some wisdom. Now, what that means is learning how to take the truth of God and apply it to our life. And that becomes wisdom, godly wisdom. Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That phrase, the fear of the Lord, means I respect and I revere you, God, to put your ways even above my ways, to put your desires even above my desires, even when I'm like a little kid and I'm throwing a fit and I don't know why and I just want to pout and I want to say, well, I want to do it this way and you say do it that way, but I want to do it this way, 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 way. And God says, take me at my word and you'll see, right? Uh, you, you'll see that I have a different perspective for you. You'll see that I know what's best. I'm, I'm your creator. I'm your heavenly father. I know what's best for you. Do it my way and you're going to see abundant life. Do it your way and it will lead most likely to 
to death unless I turn back and go back to him. But if our ways don't line up, then I don't have the, the fear of God, the reverence of God, nor do I have then the wisdom of God. And I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather have God's wisdom than my wisdom because uh, that's failed a few times. My ways, my ways seemed right at first, but it always ended up in a failure or a mess. But God's ways has, always, has never let me down and have always led me to an abundant life, to, to an abundant spiritual life. Not always physically, but spiritually always an abundant life. So Jesus says those that receive the word and understand it, those that receive the word and comprehend it and, and, and apply God's wisdom to that, they're the ones that are going to spring up a, a, a big harvest. Well, the Holy Spirit helps you understand that by being the spirit of truth, right? Uh, I want to read to you Ephesians 5, 8 through 9. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Um, he, the Holy Spirit's called the Spirit of Truth because He wants to lead you to a greater comprehension and understanding of what the will of God is for your life, for all of life, for this world. And as you apply that, as you walk by faith in that and put action toward that, you're going to have a spiritual harvest. That's a promise. Not my promise, but, but, but a promise given to you by God. It's a supernatural promise. Something that supersedes what the natural looks like. It, it's, it, it's something that that even though you can't always see it, feel it, hear it in the natural, it's something that actually has more power than the natural. Apostle Paul said it this way, the things that are unseen actually make the things that are seen. The things that are unseen actually move the things that are seen. Take, for instance, in the book of Genesis, what moved what could be seen, right? Uh, um, we knew that there were there was a just a, a void. There was a mass of of chaos and darkness, and 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 God spoke. And you can't you couldn't necessarily I don't think see that that spoken word. Just as you can't see my spoken words. I guess maybe unless there's some subtitles down there, right? But yet it was the spoken word of God that goes beyond what the eye can see that began forming and shaping and bringing order to that very thing that we now call earth, that we now can walk on or play in the snow on, right, as what's outside. So what this means is that uh, when you move in the Word of God, by the truth of God and the understanding of God, that it moves to the second influence or power over your life. And Jesus said it there in John chapter 14, verse 18 says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. What is he saying here? Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit wants to influence you by providing for you, by, by providing four things in particular. Number one, by providing a revelation of the heart of a heavenly father that wants to move in his children, that wants to bless his children, love his children, help his children. Yes, even correct his children sometime. I'm not going to dwell on that because I know none of us like that correction part. But the truth of the matter is we all need it. I need it. I need it on a daily basis. I need to be corrected. And we need to not be afraid of his correction because I don't think God is, is wanting to correct us so severely that we won't learn that lesson, that uh, he wants to correct us in a way to teach us a lesson, to teach us something. Some of our heads are a little harder or more stubborn than others. Or maybe there are seasons and times where I'm a little more stubborn than I was. You know, it took a long time for me to get to a point where I actually gave God so much thanks and worship and praise for correcting me. 
for his correcting and guidance and his his word that that corrects me and teaches me uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that because had he not done that i would have been ended up in a much much worse mess and and so i give god praise for that so the the very first thing that he does is uh, under the influencing of provision right the second influence of the holy spirit let me explain that a little more clearly the second thing Jesus teaches about the about what and how the Holy Spirit influences our lives as his disciples is that he wants us to know that he will provide for us. And he provides for us four different ways. Number one, I just said it. He wants to reveal to us the heart of a holy father. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to reveal the heart of a heavenly father to a world of orphans, a world that needed a heavenly father. They, they needed a real heavenly father, a real father figure in their life. And the world wasn't cutting it. God says, I, I'm, I am that for you. I am your creator. I'm your heavenly father. If you read in John 17, 25 through 26, Jesus says, and he's praying to the Father. He says, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. There's a, pretty, there's a couple of pretty cool things here that Jesus is praying and actually kind of personifying. He's saying, God, you sent me on this earth to personify the heart of the heavenly father to this world of orphans. And he said, you have done so he said, I have made known to them your name. Now, obviously, in the natural, when a son or daughter is born, they're given, your, they're given the name of a parent, right? Uh, in fact, especially in the, in the Bible days, how many of you remember reading so-and-so, son of so-and-so, or so-and-so, daughter of so-and-so? You are Simon Barjona, Jesus says one time. In the, in the English translation, that means this. You are Simon, son of Jonah, right? You are Peter, right? But I'm going to call you Petros. I'm calling you Peter. I'm, I'm, I'm almost renaming you because I'm stepping in to be a heavenly father for you and give you a new name. And that new name is going to bear identity and witness of who you belong to. We certainly praise God that uh, we have a new name over us. When we are baptized in, and we are believers and we give our, our faith and our hope in him and we repent of our ways and we come into him, we have this new birth experience. When we're reborn, we're reborn to have the name of our heavenly father and therefore the, his identity and his influence and after that, he says, I have made it known that the same love you love me with, this is Jesus talking to his heavenly father. Now, how much can we say that God loved his son, Jesus? He called him his only begotten son. He loved him so very much. And Jesus says, and hi, I've taken that same love and I've given it out to them so that they may understand and so that they may know that you are a heavenly father and that you have a love for them. And so that's what Jesus did. That's what the Holy Spirit does is he reveals to us the heart of the heavenly father. He reveals that heart. That's the first thing he has to provide or he wants to provide to you and to me. Jesus said it this way, that I'm not leaving you as orphans, that you're not going to have to scrounge around trying to figure out who is going to provide for you? You have a heavenly father that wants to provide for you. And the first thing he does is he wants to reveal to you how much he wants to provide for you. 
And then the second thing he does is that, yes, there are even times he provides literally, physically things for us. I mean, how many times has God provided something physical for you that you needed, whether it was a check that came out of nowhere or some money that came out of nowhere, or maybe it was a friend right when you needed it, or maybe it was a pastor right when you needed it, or maybe it was a song right when you needed to hear that song, or maybe it was a verse right when you needed that verse, or or, or maybe it was um, just a thought right when you needed it, or maybe it was a car, maybe, who knows? Uh, maybe it was a house. I don't know what it was, but I'll guarantee this, that if you research your life, if you look back over your life, you will see that in some way, somehow, somewhere, God provided physically, physical for you, physical things for you. Philippians 4.19 says, and he and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus being the one who shows us and teaches us. The Holy Spirit wants to give to us. Now, a lot of times we don't necessarily see the hand of the Holy Spirit come out of the cloud and he drops something in our lap. But what the Holy Spirit does do a lot of times is he puts it on the heart of other men and other women and other people that are in this world. Some believers, most of the time believers, but sometimes not. But the Holy Spirit is always moving and always active and always um, in the process of working in this earth. And sometimes he goes ahead of you and he knows that you have need. Let's say you have a serious need to pay a, a, an electric bill or whatever. Well, the Holy Spirit moves ahead of you and he's already providing somebody's heart to be pricked and to say, hey, you know what? I think I want to give so-and-so some money for whatever they need. And he goes and he, he, he goes ahead of you and he um, influences other people's life to help you out. And sometimes he influences your life to help someone else out. But a lot of times he does that, that all happens and it even comes out as a tangible, physical blessing. Jesus said it this way. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be added to you. It's the same context where he says, why worry? Why worry about certain things? Why worry about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat? Why worry about those things? Because the heavenly father cares for you. Okay, there's the revelation. So seek him first, and then he will provide for you. Seek first the kingdom of God and he will supply all your needs. Seek him first and he will give you all of these extra things, these things that you are in possible worry of. When he says seek the kingdom of God, we read in Romans 14, 17 that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Ah, the provision. <laughs> righteousness through the power of the Holy Spirit. He stands you upright to have a right relationship with God in this prayer time and in this, this exchange of, of need and want and desire and giving and blessing. He sets you up to be able to receive that peace, peace knowing you have a heavenly father that wants to give for it to you and help you out. Joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength, knowing that if you enjoy seeking God, enjoy the journey of, of pressing in and hungering and thirsting for more of God, enjoy God and his presence, then the more you do that, the more you've aligned yourself to receive from God. Let's just put it in a natural sense. When a, a child and a father or a child and a mother, when they are enjoying each other's presence, there's such a connection and a bond there. I mean, there, there's always that there anyways, but be honest, there are times when there's this connection that you, you're enjoying each other. And because of that, there is this drawing close to one another. And that joy kind of even exudes outwardly into how you want to bless them and help them as well. So number one, the Holy Spirit, he wants to influence you by providing for you 
And number one, he wants to do that by providing revelation of the heart of a father to his children. And number two, that the heart of the father is to provide the things even tangibly that we need. Number three is that he wants to provide an atmosphere that is conducive for the word of God to be received and to to grow in your life. Let me explain. If you go back to the book of Genesis chapter 1 and go to verse 2, the Bible says that, that before he spoke, there was, the, there was the Holy Spirit moving or hovering over the face of the waters. Now, if you look up that word hovering or moving, I think uh, maybe King James, New King James says moving. I think some of the newer translations says hovering or maybe it's vice versa. I don't exactly remember but if you take that hovering or that moving, if you take that word in the original sense, it literally means to brood like a, and actually the, the biggest example is found in Deuteronomy, like an eagle brooding over its nest and this nest has chicks in it. Uh, like a, a mother eagle who is brooding over these chicks, making sure that they're taken care of and even brooding over them in a way that she teaches them how to fly. So it's the same meaning that you have this Holy Spirit brooding over, hovering over, making the atmosphere right to receive the word of God that God is about to speak forth in Genesis. Well, he kind of does the same way, not kind of, he does the same way, same thing in our life. He provide, The Holy Spirit is sent to us to provide in us an atmosphere that's conducive to receive the Word of God. Now, why is that important? Because we just talked about Jesus saying that the, 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 the Word is a seed and the sower is going forth to sow that seed, which that would be God, that would be Him, right? So God is sowing forth that seed. And he says the, the ground that is good ground receives that seed completely, wholeheartedly, down inside of it. He calls that good ground. That good ground has received the seed in a good way. The Holy Spirit is sent to our life to cause us to be good ground. That's why he convicts us of certain things. That's why there are certain things in our life that he, he says, hey, maybe you need to work on this or maybe you need to give this to God. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to pray about this. Maybe there, some, maybe there are some things you don't need to be doing anymore because it, it causes you to be not in alignment with the will of God for your life. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you need to do something else. Maybe you need to do this. He influences you by saying, get rid of some things and maybe add some things. It's called sanctification. It's kind of a, a fancy term there, fancy, fancy biblical word there. It's this process of sanctification that the Holy Spirit is sent to our life to cause us to be good ground. He's getting rocks and weeds and thorns and things out of the way. You know, the difference in that parable of the sower, he says, some people receive the word, but the thorns and those things that weeds and thorns and rocks, they choke the, the, the word out. That means that they have not given their life to God in a way that you ask the Holy Spirit to come in and sanctify you and baptize you and fill you and help you with all of this process. You know, the word of God is always going out, but he always has a group of people that is willing to give their life over to the Holy Spirit and say, sanctify, do whatever you got to do. Get, get rid of some things. If there's some jealousy in here, get rid of it. If there's some envy in here, get rid of it. If there's some lust in here, get rid of it. If there's some anger in here, get rid of it. If there's some discouragement in here, get rid of it. Whatever it is, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Help me, Holy Spirit, to be good ground. And so he, he, he hovers over your life. He, he broods in your life and hovers over your life and helps you to be this temple of the Holy Spirit to receive the word. Another way he does this is through our prayer life. You know what? It's not by accident that the Holy Spirit and prayer are almost synonymous in lots of times in the Bible. 
lots of examples in the Bible. We don't have time to go through all of them. But there are lots of examples in the Bible where the Holy Spirit and prayer are really synonymous, even to the point of affecting your prayer language and your prayer life. Let me, let me read to you one passage of Scripture found in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. It says, Likewise, the Spirit who also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And if you read on, that's where he has the famous line, for we know all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And if you are a disciple, you're both of those. You've got both of those nailed down. You love God. You're called according to his purpose. And even in times when you don't know how to pray, you don't know how to, to uh, decipher what's going on or discern how to handle certain things. The Holy Spirit gives you a spirit of discernment. He also gives you a prayer and a way to pray to be able to connect with God so that the will of God can be done in your life. So he provides for us by revealing to us the heart of the Heavenly Father that wants to bless his children. He provides for us even tangible blessings and he provides for us by causing us to be good ground, by creating in us an atmosphere that's conducive for the word of God to grow forth. Now, the third or the fourth and final thing he does there is he provides this pro production. When the word of God is, is sown into our life and we begin operating and in, in aligning our life through the through the influence of the Holy Spirit, then what that does, the Holy Spirit actually brings forth a harvest, a spiritual harvest in our life. What do you mean brings forth a spiritual harvest? Well, I'm glad that you asked because I really want you to get this. The Holy Spirit, this is awesome. The Holy Spirit reveals to us the heart of the Father. It's like he opens up the heart of the Father and out of that heart of the Father comes seeds of the Word of God. And then so that we can receive that Word, he prepares our heart to receive it to be good ground. And then not only does he help us receive that Word and be good ground, but he also waters that Word. He waters that seed so that he produces in us a spiritual harvest known as the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. He provides that produce that production, that spiritual harvest for us when we need it. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're going through a really hard time in your life, but you're leaning on God and you're listening to God and you're praying and you're asking and you're believing and you are obeying as best as you possibly can. Then the Holy Spirit's job is to bring forth in you an, a harvest of peace, something that you can tangibly have a peace in the midst of that storm. Something you can tangibly receive, something you can, you can, that can sustain your faith by eating the fruit of peace or joy or love that you need in those times. So see, sometimes God provides for you physically, tangibly, and then sometimes he provides for you emotionally and spiritually mentally. Sometimes he provides peace for you and joy for you and love for you and, and, and self-control and patience and kindness. He provides those things as well. But isn't it cool to look over all of that and see how he, the Holy Spirit actually takes on the role of working every 
one of those out in your life. Why? Because God knows we need it. Amen to that. I have one last example. Uh, one last example I want to read to you because I want to go tie all of this back and come full circle back to what we were already talking about, those people like Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego or Esther or whoever in the Old Testament that needed these things in their life because they were really in a very hard time. They were in a, in a very, very serious time of their life where, where their faith had to be top-notch. Their, their faith had to be vibrant and living. Otherwise, they would have given their life over to the will of the world or the will of a pagan king or the will of a, 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 a religious system that was not going to bless them the way God wanted to bless them. In fact, one of those things happened where the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, decided to erect a golden statue of himself. And then he even decided to, to have the, the band play worship music for all of his country to turn around and worship this golden statue and worship his image and worship him. It was kind of a, a really off, really weird worship service. And when the band struck up and everybody would turn and, and begin bowing down and worshiping and praising King Nebuchadnezzar in his image, there were some that chose not to do that. And there were some that chose to pray only to their God and worship only their God, which happens to be our God. Amen. And this story picks up in Daniel chapter 3, where three young men decide to hold on to their faith. And let's see what God does in the midst of the storm. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Basically, he's saying, why aren't y'all doing this? Here, I'm on, he even gives them another opportunity to do it right in front of him, and they chose not to. And, and they're basically saying, you don't have to answer it. For, you, we, we answer to a higher authority. Verse 17 says, if that is the case... Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Oh, I wish I had time to teach this whole Bible study, this whole story because this is one of my favorite stories in the scripture. But, there's two things I want you to take I want you to take home as I wrap this up. Number one, look at the peace they had in the midst of their life being extinguished, at least here on this earth. Or maybe they had a greater understanding that they were going to live on no matter what happened to them in this moment. Look at this comprehension, spiritual understanding that they had that superseded the physical understanding. The physical understanding was King Nebuchadnezzar saying, if you don't worship me and bow down, then I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace and you're going to die. But the comprehension, the, the godly wisdom and the understanding that they had said, wait a minute, you can do whatever you can, whatever you want to do to this body. God is the God of the body. He's the God of the spirit. He's the God of the soul. So if God allows the body to burn, we're going to live somewhere else. We're going to live with him. But if he wants to rescue us and help us, guess what? He can do that as well. What peace they had in the eyes of a very nasty storm about to come their way. What peace. What peace. What peace God wants to give you in the midst of your storm as well. The second thing you need to take home with this is that if you read on, we're out of time, so I'll let you read on. If you read on in this story, you'll actually see that as they're thrown in the fire, a fourth one shows up, known as the Son of God, walks with them, helps them through the fire. They escape the fire. Not only do they escape with no hair singed, their clothes not burned, the ropes that they were tied with burned off, they're set free. 
Not only did they escape with all of that, but at the end of that story, King Nebuchadnezzar himself bows down and says, there is no greater God than your God. That is that supernatural harvest that God wants to bring you to. Oh, I love you and, I, and I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being here. I want to pray for you that God would encourage you supernaturally, maybe in a pretty rough time. Father God, we love you and we thank you. Lord, you sent your Holy Spirit. You have given him to us. You baptized us with, his, with your Holy Spirit, with a power, with a fire, with a fervency, with a, with a new birth and a new name and a new identity. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take charge over the flesh of those that are struggling and those that need encouraging, those that are, are, are wavering between what to believe and how to believe it and what to do and how to do it. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would reveal your truth to them. Sow that word of God into their heart. Make them good ground and let that spring forth into a supernatural harvest in their life. Lord, I pray that you would supply the need for those physically that need it, those emotionally, those spiritually. Supply their need. Provide for them as a heavenly father would to his children. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.